We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings Week 7 Rankings by Position. You want to know about a position? Hit the time codes in the description or comment section and jump right to that position. You want the list? Easy. Down in the comment section as well as are the projections. You can customize your own if you are a sub at runthesims.com. Runthesims.com slash mayo to get yourself 10% off any membership level and make them good projections, especially good for prop betting and daily fantasy. If you just want to optimize and generate lineups based on your own inputs, runthesims.com. Slash Mayo. Highly recommend that you check it out. And this is the first crack at the Pat Mayo Experience. DraftKings Listeners League for Week 7. Only 3,000 spots this week. $15 to play. Three max entry. No rake. Thus making it the best tournament on the DraftKings. So I'd highly recommend that you get in now before it fills. Jake Seeley on the line from TheAthletic.com. Jake, I'm over COVID, and I feel like I got a new lease on life in terms of the football season. I got my energy <laughs> back. I'm here to talk rankings. Last week, I was like, hey, yeah, 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 you're right, Jake. I was going to turn it. No, I'm coming at you this week. I'm going to defend these rankings. <laughs> you're going to push back on them? Yeah, so you got your second win, which is maybe do I need to get COVID so I get my second win for the rest of the season? Yeah, but you're going to have like two weeks where like you got, you got very, very low energy. <laughs> I mean, that's basically the football season anyway, so I'm used to that. Yeah, but, but once you come out of it, you feel like, whoo, here we go. You're feeling like you're doing a cutting a Ric Flair promo in 1984, just yelling at Tony Schiavone. <laughs> Look at all the ladies out there with my $10,000 watch. Woo! Here we go. You ready for the rankings? I am. You do a much better woo than I do, so let's go. Well, I got my voice back, so it's good news. Running back rankings for week number seven. I got Eckler. At number one, even coming off the short week, he's against Seattle. Terrible defense, although you wouldn't know based on what the Cardinals were up to on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, still not good. Saquon Chubb, Henry Fournette, 
of the top five. Jacobs back off by Christian McCaffrey, Ramondre Stevenson, Alvin Kamara, and Jonathan Taylor round out the top 10. That's assuming we see Jonathan Taylor this week. Mixon at 11, Brees Hall at 12, Kenny Walker at number 13, Damian Pierce, Najee Harris, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, who I'm presuming is going to return this week for the Lions against Dallas, Aaron Jones, Jeff Wilson, and Ezekiel Elliott round out the top 20. What are your thoughts? And what do you got going on in the background there? It's the it's, it's the freaking landscaping people that are like super get on top of my building every time they come by. They always time it out perfectly on Tuesday. It's either my podcast before this or yours, unfortunately. I like it. Are, are they making sure that like the, the weed whackers getting everything down next to the building, everything like that? Yeah, well, they're, they're the worst uh, leaf blowers I've ever seen. Like there's a technique. They, they suck at it, they, as you can hear. And it shouldn't take that long. There's not that many leaves. It's not even the beginning of fall. Well, I mean, it technically is, but the leaves aren't hitting the ground here in Virginia. So anyway, <laughs> besides that problem of that noise in the background, uh, my problem is twofold. Is Najee Harris at 15 is too high, and DeAndre Swift at 17 is too low. You think DeAndre Swift coming off an injury against that Dallas front is too low? I just believe in DeAndre Swift, the talent. Coming off an injury, he also had the bye week. It's not like, look... It's either he's ready or not. Uh, we've kind of discussed this before. And look, she's Barkley's even get upset about it with these freaking landscapers. But DeAndre Swift, I'll go back to David Montgomery when he came back and Khalil Herbert was great in his steed is the fact that if the lead is doing very well and replacing the other running back and the running back comes back, that's telling you the team is ready and they're not worried about risking anything, risking that he's 80%. So if DeAndre Swift is ready, even without you know that buy included, and I think Swift's right back to, yes, he splits. You you brought this up plenty of times. The split is why DeAndre Swift is not top five because Jamal Williams is still going to be involved. But I still definitively play him over Najee Harris. I'm not going to put him over Brees Hall or Ken Walker and probably even Damian Pierce, but I basically put Swift at 15 and Najee Harris. I'd still play I'd play one spot behind Aaron Jones. I, I wrote up Aaron Jones this week. There's zero difference in Aaron Jones. Actually, his passing games snap count is up a little bit and his yards per carry is up enormously over last year. The difference is Aaron Jones is still Aaron Jones. It's the touchdowns aren't there this year. So I still believe in Aaron Jones, but you should have known this is what you were getting with Aaron Jones. Um, so for me, I would go Pierce, Swift, Montgomery, Jones, Harris. I have no problem with your top 13. Oh, really? My top 13 is looking good to you. So you would play Ramondre over Alvin Kamara, assuming, although we're not going to know this, I suppose, if Damian Harris is going to miss Monday Night Football until Monday night, more than likely. So you're going to have right. to make your decisions on this. Let's say Harris plays. Obviously, you're still starting Stevenson, I would guess, against the Bears. But it'd be much closer, right? 18. 18. I'd put him one, yeah, I'd put him one spot in front of Jeff Wilson. You start to get into the mixed situations there. Jeff Wilson, still the lead, uh, but the step count has gone down four straight weeks. But he's still that game was kind of wonky from the start, being down 14 nothing to the Falcons. So... I expect Jeff Wilson to still be Der Tyrion Davis Price got one snap and then Kevin Coleman's still involved somewhat, but it's not all of a sudden they're going to completely go away from Jeff Wilson until Elijah Mitchell comes back, but it's against Kansas city. So you could be down 14, nothing again. So I think Jeff Wilson down here by Zeke and Eno and stuff like that is fine. Uh, but that's as far 
as I would go with Stevenson. I would still play Stevenson over Jeff Wilson, even if Najee Harris is back. So I'll, I'll concede the Harris thing. I'm not going to put him, and maybe this is the week that Aaron Jones ends up going off. But th- like you said, he's running more passing snaps, and like there's not really that much of a difference between what he's doing this year and what he's done every other year because he hasn't had that like five-touchdown game as of yet that we're used to from Aaron Jones where he wins you the week, and you're like, oh, yeah, he's really good. But he has like three of six games so far with fewer than 15 touches like that's the problem and I knew we knew it was going to be a problem going into the year with how you know even just losing Devontae Adams really stymies that offense in really weird ways that they're not having these extended drives you're seeing more of A.J. Dillon especially in critical opportunities although he only has the one rushing touchdown he's basically splitting goal line carries with him at the moment so I mean that's another knock against him at least with Harris we even saw it they tried to get him more involved in the passing game last week at least when Pickett was playing you know they they slide him across the offense near the goal line, and he's just wide open for a passing touchdown. So at least I feel like his TD equity, although the offense is pretty terrible, let's not pretend like the Packers offense is some world beater at this point. He's not very good either. <laughs> no, but and we'll also I think you're forgetting that Aaron Jones did with 30 points a week two against the Bears. He did have that giant game already. So he's, he has one of them where he still has that. He won you the week. Uh, you're not wrong about anything else. But even last year, his pace over the entire 15 games was 14, 15 touches. You brought it up as the fact that it's just the touchdown equity. This is who Aaron Jones is. So I said this time and again in the offseason pieces. You and I talked about it last year. I, I hammered at home of why I'm not an Aaron Jones guy, even though I still love the talent. 38% of his production, fantasy production, came in three games last year. That's absurd, but that's who Aaron Jones is. I compared him to it's Amari Cooper or Deshaun Jackson back in his prime. Is you're going to get three games that win you a week. You're going to get a handful of games that are like, good, I got my top 15 production. But then you're going to get these single-digit performances. They're like, why the hell do I have Aaron Jones? What's going on? But that's who he is. Are you worried about Pierce at all? I would normally have him higher than this based on how he's played so far this season. He gets... The Raiders, so it's not a terrible matchup, but but is it hard to put Pierce too high up in the rankings based on just this offense overall? Like, it doesn't really do anything. It gives him the ball a bunch. That's great. He's going to get his 20 <laughs> touches, but unless he scores a touchdown, it's, it's kind of tough. And again, it's one of these situations where the offense is so bad that, yeah, volume-wise, it, it's a lot like how Chubb was... It's funny because we finally got like the the Chubb week that we were all scared of last week where it's, oh, yeah, yeah, if he doesn't like break out one of those gigantic long runs and score three touchdowns, he's kind of useless on your fantasy team. And I feel like Pierce might be that way, too. I know he had all the targets uh, two weeks ago before the bye against Jacksonville and did absolutely nothing with him. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) Are they going to be like, well, let's not throw you the ball. We'll, We'll use Rex Burkhead for that. How about you just run between the tackles, Damian? Uh, there's always a threat. I think that is, draws the similarity that I was going to bring up. I think he's basically Josh Jacobs of the Houston Texans. And in this range, because he's on the Texans and not the Raiders is why he's here. Because of what you talked about, too, is that if you look at this game at the Raiders, what if they're down early and they didn't love seeing the fact that he wasn't doing a lot in the passing game and he doesn't completely lose it, but you get some more Rex Burkhead involved in the passing game. You lose some touches there. And the biggest thing you talked about is the touchdowns, which I know we're not talking wide receivers right now, but it's what's killing Brandon Cooks too, is Davis Mills is playing worse than he was last year when we were all like, okay, at least he's doing okay. Uh, he's not throwing downfield. His off-target percentage is way up from last year. The touchdowns aren't there. So it's affecting the entire offense, which comes back to the point here is I think, you know, Damian Pierce, actually, it's, you know what? He's not even 
Josh Jacobs. There's a perfect comparison. Who do you have at 16? It's David Montgomery. Both on terrible offenses, seeing the majority of the work, but you might not even get a touchdown even if you get 90 yards. Do you find it funny that Montgomery came back and now he's playing more than ever? Although in his <laughs> absence, Herbert actually looked pretty good. I think it was weird. Uh, that goes back to my point earlier about DeAndre Swift is that when teams have somebody performing so well and they bring back the incumbent, that if he's back, they're back turning to him. They're not going to play this mix. It's when the, it's when the replacement's kind of middling around and not producing. Like basically, like I don't want to say Christian McCaffrey, but it could like you know, Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard. We don't expect to be anywhere near Christian McCaffrey, so it'd be like, oh my god, let's just get Christian McCaffrey back at eighty-five percent versus messing around with this junk. <laughs> but in this situation, because he was so good, uh, I actually I, I had it in my rankings. I was wrong. I. I have said that time and time again, that the person coming back will be trusted because why would the team risk it? And it's been proven time and again, Montgomery just proved it again. But even you said logically, I agree with you, is logically why would you lean on Montgomery this much who's had injuries the past two years when you have somebody as good as Herbert? Why wouldn't you do more like the Broncos of last year, the Packers of now? But you could even look at and say, maybe it's just a flow thing because uh, this isn't like a name drop or la la. I, when I was doing a show with D'Angelo Williams, he said the split with him and Jonathan Stewart is a rarity. Is A lot of times you have the mental makeup as a running back. You can see Melvin Gordon pouting on Monday night. Is The mental makeup of being pulled on and off and on and off and on and off the field doesn't work with everybody. He said it takes special running backs to be able to do that. Maybe Montgomery's not good if he's splitting 60-40. Maybe they know that. Maybe they know Montgomery would just go sideways and it would be a mess of a backfield, similar to what we've seen in other situations with – the Colts replacing Jonathan Taylor. They just went all in on this Deion Jackson. And maybe that's why. Maybe there's certain running backs that just can't handle on and off and on and off and that inconsistency. Let's talk about Jonathan Taylor. Do you think that he's going to play this week? It seems like he should. It seems I would, if I'm guessing today, I would say yes, because it sounded like he was close last week. And then it was just, you know, eh, like we're not going to touch, even with Naheem Hines out. But that's the concerning part is that they had no Naheem Hines and Taylor wasn't even in the conversation to start once we got to Sunday. So I think so. It sounded like he should be good to go. But yeah, if not, I think Deion Jackson would be in the conversation of, again, top 20 and Jeff Wilson. I'd play Deion Jackson over Jeff Wilson. Okay, well, let's talk about that then. If Okay, let's say Hines is back, though, because Hines should pass concussion protocol this week. He should return. Obviously, we're Still not— Still would. I, listen, I'm not worried about Naheem Hines you know, taking 13 carries away from Deion Jackson. He'll probably just right. get what Philip Lindsay got. But I do worry that we might not see, like, 10 targets in the first half for Deion Jackson if Naheem Hines is active. Like, I think that's basically a product of both those guys being out, that he absorbed both their roles, that if Hines would back, was back, it's not like he's doing a ton, but he's doing enough to take away from Deion Jackson. The 18 does sound like a pretty good number. It does. And the reason I looked at it is because has this go sideways too is of course Deion Jackson's going to lose some to Naeem Hines but I think Jackson proved that he can be bell cow and I put that on quotes to be like I don't think anybody trusts Deion Jackson to be a true bell cow in the NFL for 17 weeks but he proved that he could do enough in the passing game that you don't need Naeem Hines to have the passing game and Deion Jackson only to be the run game where you look at the Jeff Wilson concern that I brought up earlier is that that game goes sideways quickly, which it very well could, is that you get a lot of passing from Jeremy Garoppolo. Jeff Wilson only gets 14 carries, and that risk of that happening with the risk of Naeem Hines taking four or five targets away from Deion Jackson, I'd rather just go with Deion Jackson against Tennessee. Okay, and we'll know that. Of course, you can sub to the Mayo Media Newsletter. It's completely free. I have the updated injury report of what the most likely status is 
um, all the way up until game time. So I'll be sending out a newsletter on Tuesday evening. It has the Super Spread link in it as well if you want to watch the Spread Pick show a day early. Plus it has some you know, more notes in it. It has all the cheat sheets, everything that you need to find. It's all in that one place in the Mayo Media newsletter. And then you know, Thursday morning, I'm going to update the injury cheat sheet. And a lot of it is just like a lot of guesswork early in the week. Like sometimes I'll have someone as likely out. And then by Friday, once we get a better sense of it, it's like, oh no, they're actually going to be in. So that's sort of the gauge <laughs> of what I have on the like front for the rankings too. If like, I have someone as likely out, then they're not in the rankings. If I have them as likely and they will be in the rankings. So it's a good sort of like legend of when you're looking through and trying to figure out where guys are going to go. Like if you want to hold out for Deion Jackson, cause you picked him up, you don't have a running back too. Obviously you probably don't want to play him if Jonathan Taylor is playing, but you know, you might want to hold out hope for that. If you want to look at the rankings and see where they get boosted up to would highly recommend that you do it. And it's completely free to you. So, you know, why not do it? You get emailed right to you. Zeke at 20, Eno Benjamin at 21. That's assuming that uh, Daryl Williams and James Conner are out for the Thursday night game, which it looks like they are, right? Mm, Sounds like we definitely have one more week of neither of them. It almost sounds like Daryl's more likely to return than Connor, even though he was announced out earlier with Connor. But it sounds like both are missing this week again. Yeah, it's a short week, too. So at least if I don't know if they go on by next week or not, but worst case. No, scenario, they have the week 14 by. Well, they still. Way, have, yeah. Well, this isn't bad, though, because you get 10 days off in between. So then Connor and or Williams should return over that. So you still have another week to run Eno out there against a tougher Saints defense. Or 12. Or 12. Sorry. <laughs> 12 for the week, the bye week. It might be 12. It's later in the year. It's late in the year. But anyway, continue. Sorry, I just didn't want to tell people wrong and then have it all in your comments. I'm like, no, Jake, they're on bye week. Blah, blah, blah. They're late in the year. That's oh, all that matters. <laughs> imagine reading the comments, Jake. Come on. What are you doing? <laughs> I try to, it's because I try to answer questions, which you don't do. You just send yeah. them to your videos and to your newsletter, which takes care of it. Yeah, just I, I'm just like you. Like I have this list of, 13. Na- of names. It's week, so you, you split the difference. It's week 13, Arizona has a bye. Yeah. Oh, maybe Hollywood Brown will be back by then. That'll be cute. Jamal Williams <laughs> is number 22. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is number 23. Pollard at 24. Kareem Hunt, Raheem Mostert, A.J. Dillon, Travis Itching, Brian Robinson, <laughs> and then James Robinson at number 30. Names outside. Like, there's a pretty... Like, you could get away with playing James Robinson, although he's been really brutal, like, the past three, four weeks. Maybe that Achilles is finally catching up to him after he looked pretty spry to start the year. But after that, you're into, like... Ingram, Rashard White, J.K. Dobbins, who the hell knows what's going on with him, Kenyon Drake, Herbert, Carter, Algier, who actually sucks, by the way. He is horrible. <laughs> He's been getting more run, a lot more run. I know. Than and it's, Huntley, and Huntley's getting more yards. Yeah, Huntley looks so much better. And maybe it's one of those, that product of... When you run the ball on first and second down and the other team knows that you're running, like it's easier to take you out. And then you put in this like little speedster Caleb Huntley, but he just looks way better. Well, and that's the Najee Harris and Jalen Warren situation is that Jalen Warren had three times before last week, three times the yards before contact that Najee Harris did. And it's, as you mentioned, it's a little more telling when, you know, two thirds of your touches are coming to first and second down where Jalen Warren comes in and he gets one in a, a third and 15 draw at the middle just to salvage a play or something like that. So yeah, yeah, it's all context needed there. The only thing is argument for james robinson because you were making it last week so i'm kind of almost going to double down on your argument for him as he's still getting the goal line work trevor lawrence stole two touchdowns from him and it's the giants who are between the tackles runners which is that's where you want that's why kenya drake went ham on them and 10 carries uh so i'm not saying james robinson needs to be top 20 
But if you see a week where all of a sudden it's like, yeah, ETN's happening and we're excited for that and deservedly so, and he can do his own damage against the Giants run defense, which is just abysmal, is that James Robinson, I think you can even get into the mid-20s along with ETN. Uh, I would take them over the split with A.J. Dillon, but and I mean both of them, over the split with A.J. Dillon, but I don't know if I could go much higher than that. Mostert, he's got the full lead. Hunt, Hunt's usage has been weird. It's kind of like not as much as we usually saw in the past, even when we expect more passing game work. I saw a report by Zach Jackson who covers them for the athletic. And he said, there's kind of floats of like, maybe they trade away hunt to clear up that mess. And he's kind of getting frustrated behind the curtain. I can see that. There's no reason for hunt to be on this team because Dearness Johnson can fill 90% of his role. And that was the biggest thing about it too. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems like a, a wasted spot on your roster and teams. Like all those teams that are rumored to get Christian McCaffrey right now, which he's not going anywhere, by the way. If, if people, <laughs> uh, I'm from the future. Wait, I, you I, mean somebody's not going to give up three firsts for Christian McCaffrey? I, maybe, listen, maybe there's a really stupid team out there. I don't know. But I, I was actually talking to this, and shockingly, Cust and I agreed on this. Like, what's you, what do you think well, the most is someone would give up for Christian McCaffrey? I said a second-round pick at best. Oh, I was about to say a second and a fourth, like next year fourth or something like that, or this year fourth, fourth, next year second. Like I think it would, yeah. ma- I think it would make sense. Bills, Chiefs, like a team that you can kind of pencil in as having like the latest of late first round picks. I think that's the only way they get into the first round. I agree with you. I say Bills, Chiefs. I say Baltimore if they make a run at this, and you know maybe like, I think they've been smart and patient with Gus Edwards. And I'm with you and been stashing him in a lot of places, especially with the bulky knee acting up for Dobbins after his injury. But, I mean, similar situation for Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. They're kind of similar with the knee situation is that what if he's not 100%? Well, you know, it's not like they really want to lean on Drake for the rest of the year. They just went through this nonsense last season. And maybe they're the ones that go after Christian McCaffrey. And then, of course, people will lose their damn minds. Um, Actually, they would for any of these three teams. So... I think what you're saying here makes sense is that it's a late second and then maybe, like I said, throw a fourth in there. But I actually think DJ Moore is more likely to get traded if any of them get traded at this point. It's a really good opportunity for a really crappy team that would never be able to sign a good receiver to go trade for DJ Moore. Like Chicago is such a logical fit for him. <laughs> like Just put put him on a team that needs like, the, the Giants. Yeah, Put the, him and Wondell Robinson together. Yeah, the Giants, whoever it might be, just DJ Moore is probably not going to be signing with your crappy franchise unless he's washed, like after this contract. At least now that he's signed the new contract, like you're going to have to pay for the quality of receiver that theoretically that he is. We haven't seen that in like two years at this point with yeah. DJ Moore. But that's, you know, we're hoping is quarterback based, not him based. We don't know that for sure, by the way, that DJ well, Moore just might not that be that good. I mean, he put up the yards for three straight years where he was just finishing wide receiver 18 all the time and just the touchdowns weren't there. The two, Did you see the two teams that Jeremy Fowler floated out there for Christian McCaffrey earlier today? No. Rams? It's like the two. So we de- we just mentioned three good ones. He just was trying to kill Christian McCaffrey because the two teams he floated out there were the 49ers and Rams. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense too. And I think that he – I see, I don't think that he – he Real life football, I think that he works in the Baltimore offense. Fantasy wise, I don't think that he works in the Baltimore offense. Not that you would like drop Christian McCaffrey, right? But I don't think that he would be anywhere sniffing the number one running back. No, 49ers would be hella fun, but the Rams, like, did they magically fix their third string offensive line that they have out there right now? I still think it, all, the the funny thing is about like the Rams and 49ers with Christian McCaffrey is that it's still an upgrade over whatever the hell Carolina's doing. 
Uh, okay, well, that's a fair argument. I just <laughs> that Ram, that Rams offense is definitely worrisome at this. Like, we're just done at this point, just like Cam Akers. Do you, do you think he ends up going anywhere? I don't. I I think best case, no, I actually think he could as like a sixth or seventh rounder because you're going to get a team that like might be what he's best case. He's a high end backup somewhere like the Giants if they wanted to upgrade. And I put that in quotes over Matt Breida or Tennessee if they're like, well, Dontre Hillary is only a pass catcher, like something like that. Like he's going to be a high end backup at best somewhere at this point. Who, who would you be stashing right now? Because I, I kind of made the point in my waiver video yesterday. Uh, smash a like and sub to the channel, by the way, so you don't miss the waiver video. It's on the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets feed if you're looking for the audio for that. But I had Gus Edwards above Kieran Williams, but I think that both of them are like reasonable stashes right now. And I would stash Donta Foreman because it's going to be Foreman, not Chuba Hubbard, if Christian McCaffrey leaves town. Now, that doesn't mean he's playable every single week, but he would become <laughs> a starting running back that you could just pick up for free right now. Yeah, but it would be a timeshare on a crap offense. This would just be, again, similar situations. I compared it to the Falcons. It'd be Huntley like, and Algier. But why Why is it any different than, like, Brian Robinson, who people were all gaga for? Because Brian Robinson's a better talent. Do we know that? The guy yeah, was just shot in the leg. So far. He was just shot in the leg twice. <laughs> and he looks good. He looked okay. Alrighty. He looked okay. Let's, let's calm down so, here. So for my stashing, for my waivers, because I, 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 and I give context to every single player in my waivers, uh, I have Edwards. So I go Edwards, Huntley, Herbert White as those stashes if they're out there, and then Deontay Foreman, and then like McKinnon, Kyron Williams, and then down to like James Cook and DJ Dallas. So See, I'm with you. I'm stashing Gus Edwards where possible. When is Williams back? Because he's on injured reserve. Do you think it'll be by week eight, or do you think it'll be longer than that? I don't know the severity like the, the we haven't got a ton of word of like if it's a severe enough injury that he should be back by week eight and just it's just the normal timeline because it's been he hasn't been on the field a ton to even get a word and nobody really cares to talk about him because all the focus was on acres the offensive line Matthew Stafford's arm Allen Robinson then everybody's just like oh yeah that Kyron Williams guy is hurt who Sean McVay talked up immediately after the draft and the entire offseason yeah he has the foot injury went surgery he's expected back along with van jefferson yeah, in week right. eight after the Rams. the rams are but on by this week is it is it definitely week eight that's that's what he said that's that's what the rams wire is reporting right now you know i trust yeah, i trust rams wire <laughs> and mcveigh still loves to use malcolm brown at the goal line that is true but if this is a guy that he was talking up and listen i this might amount to nothing but again it's a completely free pickup right now and it's very yes. clear they don't like daryl henderson so there is a chance he becomes the starter <laughs> I know they they hate using Daryl Henderson as a belka. They hate him. He he does well. They use him at the goal line. They're using him at the goal line with Cam Akers, and then it's like every chance they get, like McVay's looking for any reason not to use Daryl Henderson. Let's see. Sean McVay said Williams currently on injured reserve is a quote possibility to start discussing entering to the twenty one day window. He's making great progress. So yeah, maybe he won't be back by week eight, but maybe by week 10, he'll probably start practicing and they'll see where he's at. They probably don't want to rush him too much forward, although they might, I mean, the fact that they might need him as a part of this offense is terrifying news for the Rams offense at this point. But yeah, I'm with you. Gus Edwards is the one I would want. I just, I know what I'm getting with Gus Edwards. And it's very clear that Do there's, like, what do we do with Dobbins this week? Like, I didn't know how to rank these two because I, I think that they're improperly ranked. Like, I have Dobbins at 33 <laughs> and Kenyon Drake at number 34. It's not going to turn out that way, but maybe no. just magically Dobbins' knee is okay 
this week, like it was the two weeks before last week. Even Harbaugh said that it was a turf issue with him and they couldn't get him back out on the field. Then all of a sudden, Kenyon Drake is running wild. Like it's 1987 and he's Hulkamania. But it's a good matchup against the Browns. It's one of the best matchups that you can have. I'd like to use one of these guys, but I don't think we're ever going to know. No, I think that if Dobbins is playing, you have maybe you can argue a few spots ahead around the Robinsons, Brian and James, 29-30, kind of in that range for the upside of what he could bring. But at the same time, I think the best case scenario we get for our clarity and for fantasy purposes is that he's out. And then you can start Kenyon Drake alongside Eno Benjamin because of the matchup. If you had to buy a running back right now with like depressed value, I have a very clear answer to who this is because I think that he'll be top five rest of the way, but just give me a buy low right now. Could be high end, could be mid tier, low end at running back. At running back buy low? Yeah. Is there anybody? Yeah, I think there is. Mm, Looking through the names. Give it to me because I'm looking. It's Kamara. Kamara is going to be a top five running back the rest of the season. Like he's eventually going to, yeah, like he just needs to score a touchdown every second game and he's already there and people just have, it's, it's cause I see it happen every single week. It, I I think that daily fantasy is actually a good barometer for this. Uh, Although you wouldn't think that the two translate over, but on DraftKings every single week, Kamara is priced up with just below that tier of like Eckler, Barkley, Henry, McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor. He's on that next tier down with Chubb, with hell who else is in there Aaron Jones is usually in there Mixon's usually in there and he's always the one who's the least owned always like no one likes him anymore Mm. but he's getting all the work he looks great he's just not scoring touchdowns that's certainly fair I thought you were going to say Cordero Patterson before he came back from injury not that he would be top five and that's why I paused on where you were going with this. no and I, I can see I, I, like what do you even give up for CPAT though and do we think that with the success that Atlanta has had on the ground already yeah he had those two big games early but now they're factoring in Huntley and Elgier and Avery Williams and Mariota's running that I don't know like if you told me he was running back 24 the rest of the year I think that's a pretty good spot anything above yeah. that like a starter a low-end starter for your team but I don't think you yeah but act, that's what I'm saying but by low yeah, but are people are like are people dropping him? Are people like what are you trading for Cordero Patterson? Like Hunter no, Renfro? He's, um, he's yeah, you um, he might say in that range possibly. Like look, he's sitting there. Here's one coming off that game, Brandon Ayuk for Cordero Patterson. If you need running back, if you need a running back, yeah, I could see that. I just think, like that, like I, a, a I, wide receiver who one week. Go ahead. I just think that Kamara could be a league winner. Oh, and that's why that wasn't my answer. I was looking for buy lows, but you said top five. And I was like, well, that definitively is not Cordella Patterson. So I was just saying that would be a buy low, in my opinion, just because any kind of dicey wide receiver who one week might be top 20 and the next week might be a wide receiver five. Like, not that you would get that, but like the first name that came to mind was Devontae Parker had another good week. Then nobody's trading for Devontae Parker, but that kind of wide receiver where you know, it's boomer bust every single week is the kind of wide receiver I would send for Cordero Patterson. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Week seven wide receiver rankings number one. We got a lot of a lot of the best receivers are on bye this week. So Devontae Adams is number one. Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill. Amon Ross St. Brown at number four, assuming his health, which I would assume he is healthy at this point. Mike Evans, C.D. Lamb, Debo, D.K. Metcalf, Amari Cooper, Mike Williams. I almost ranked Debo at number one this week. I think he is going to destroy Kansas City. He is the prototypical <laughs> guy that, especially if they get into like a hole early, that you see like three 70-yard touchdowns from him. I just that's, that's the feeling that I, I can't rank it that way because that's insane. But that's just how when I look at Debo this week, that's what I feel. Okay. I mean, I don't hate that. I, I think that's a hell of a fun opportunity there. And the good thing about it is the Isaiah McKenzie pick from last week went belly up because you I can't catch. It was the well, no, it's the, it held that. But it was the concern I said, I said, too, is that they split with Shakir. And that's what it was. He wasn't the only slot receiver. They basically split the game even before he wasn't able to catch. And that added to the the only hope here is that Shakir is not going to take the job from McKenzie as a sidebar. The opportunity was slot receivers doing so much damage against Kansas City this season, and that lends into your Debo point here is what I was going to say. Hmm. I have Olave at number 11. It looks like he's going to be good to go for Thursday night. It doesn't appear like we're going to get Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry in that game. That could always change. Landry far more likely to play because it seems like Michael Thomas, I don't know if they'll put him on IR at this point, but... That's how long he's essentially going to be out for with this toe injury. So you have Olave, Pittman, <laughs> Cooks, Lockett, Godwin, Sutton, Higgins, Lazard, Jalen Waddle, and Deontay Johnson. I'm assuming two is playing on Sunday night. Would that be a proper oh, assumption? Yeah. yeah, they they basically said he's returning this this week. I don't get that. By the way, like if he had passed concussion protocol last week, play him last week before it becomes like magnified <laughs> on Sunday Night Football, the highest rated game of the week. And if he takes one bad hit, like that's going to be the only story. And he probably is out the rest of the year. <laughs> and that's the man. I, I don't want to joke about because concussions are a serious issue, but that's the threat now is it seems like even if you like blink sideways, you're done for the game. There's no more, there's no more being sent for concussion test and coming back to the field anymore. Since this Tua thing happened, we used to get that plenty. Oh, headed to the locker room for concussion symptoms. I oh, cleared protocol. He's back on the field. It's just basically, eh, you might as well be done for the game. So that's the risk of waiting for Tua. Yeah. I, I had a couple unders on Kenny Pickett in terms of rushing yards on the weekend. And he had like the concussion. I was like, well, that that's a winner. He's not coming back into this game. Because, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, you cashed a ton. So, 
I, sorry to cut you. I was just going to say, I wouldn't wait for Tua if you have a, a quarterback in his range that you've been playing to this point. Oh, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, and listen, P- Pittsburgh's D is pretty good. Still is, even without, uh, without yeah. Watts. Maybe so. if you can wait for Fields as your backup. What kind of team do you have? I mean, you might have you might have ignored quarterback and waited, and now you're with two. There's a Fields was being drafted as a top fifteen quarterback, so you might have that. Fields was going before Tua, so you might have that. Man, can can we fast forward? Can we just sim to end on Monday Night Football next week? I'm kind of interested. Do you think Mac Jones ends up Bears Patriots? You're interested? A little bit, yeah. I, I'm highly invested in the Bears being bad, so I, I need them to lose games. And yeah, you can say oh, okay. that, that they're probably going to lose. They're big underdogs, but they find weird ways to squirm into these games, and I don't like it. Like it was such <laughs> my under five and a half. I, it was I was about to count it as completely over. Like I was going to lose it if they beat Washington last Thursday night. And they lost that game. It's like okay, so they they beat the they beat the 49ers. That was like I expected them to get like a sneaky win or two somewhere along the way. Hopefully, that's the only one. I thought Houston was going to beat them. Like, that was a real hinge matchup for that under. And they ended up taking <laughs> that game. But they weren't able to come back on Minnesota. That was great. And the loss to Washington is, is really key. They just need to lose to – I think if, as long as they lose to Detroit twice, I think I'm okay. Yeah, I think that I think that's certainly possible. I'm, I'm thinking right now, I'm looking really good on two of them. Uh, Carolina under. Yeah. That, that one's easy. I'm – I had the Seattle under, so that that one's not looking good. Although you never know, that could still go sideways. And then what was the two? I had the Bills over because it was like they just oh, they hit the over last year, and they're supposed to be a better team this year. I, I didn't understand that one, but there was one other. I'm trying to think off the top of my head that I didn't. Oh, the Giants under that <laughs> could be gone. That's that, that's one game from being done already. <laughs> well, I, I have the I only have three preseason ones. I had Bears worst record. I had Bears under five and a half. Falcons over four and a half, and Falcons to make the playoffs. Those were like my four future bets. Wow, that Falcons, I put in. that's that's a good one there. It all boiled down to the point that I continue to make that I was making in the preseason is that Atlanta won seven games last year. And then they got rid of Matt Ryan and brought in Marcus Mariota. Everyone's like, oh, my God, how will they ever move the ball? It was my contention that Matt Ryan sucks and Mariota might be better than him. <laughs> and so far, so good. <laughs> that, was, that was a good point. My biggest concern was the defense, which hasn't been that great. But they, their offense has scored over 20-something points every game except for one. Yeah, they tailored an offense around Marcus Mariota. It's going to be inconsistent, but they run the ball really well. And their defense will not good by any means like they were by far the worst defense last year there's only one way to go it's up like very rarely do you see a team that has like a 32nd ranked defense repeat as the worst defense in the league it just defense is way too random for that to happen that that certainly is fair you know they tailor that this is basically tyrod taylor buffalo bills yeah very much so but with like more dynamic playmakers on the outside it's true Drake London, speaking of the Falcons, is number 21. Look at that for transition. Romeo Dibbs is number 22. Ayuk, Juju. I mean, it's a tough week for receiver, man. Juju (laughs) at 24. (laughs) DeAndre Hopkins, we'll talk about him in a second, at number 25. Jacoby Myers. I have Rashad Bateman coming back. It sounded like Harbaugh said he'd be back this week. We'll see. Curtis Samuel with Tyler Heineke, I'm guessing, at quarterback, is number 28. Christian Christian Kirk, who I don't know what the hell's going on with that offense. I don't like to throw anymore, though. Jerry Judy at 30. Hunter Renfro. Rondell Moore. Corey Davis, the highest of the Jets receivers, although Denver's D is legit, so watch out for them. George Pickens. Alec Pierce. Zay Jones, Chase Claypool, Wendell Robinson, Tower Boyd, and Bobby Trees 
Robert Woods at number 40. I have Gallup at number 41 and McLaurin at 42. I do have Dak in my ranking, so I'm assuming Dak is playing. That's my assumption for yeah, these rankings. That doesn't mean that he's playing, but that seems to be where it's trending more likely than not. And I would play Gallup over Zay, Claypool, and all the rest behind him. Uh, and I would also risk Terry McLaurin over them as well, mostly because Heineke's back. You and I talked about this all season, and I continue to do this. What a surprise that Carson Wentz wasn't an upgrade on Heineke and Matt Ryan wasn't an upgrade on Carson Wentz. The biggest thing about Heineke, too, is he and Wentz, very similar numbers, whatever metric, whatever style you want to pick, whatever true media stat or they're all about the same except for one thing. Tyler Heineke, higher interception rate. Then went or then uh well yeah Wentz and Ryan but then Wentz and you saw when Wentz comes in is that like the interceptions went up this year, but the one thing that's the slight difference is that Heineke does look for the slot receiver about four percentage points more, which isn't a big gap, but it's percentage points. And you look at what Heineke did last year with only Terry McLaurin, and now he's got Curtis Samuel too. I I think that this is going to be a boost for both of them. Not huge. I like where you have Samuel. But I think Gallup and McLaurin, I would play over Zay Jones. Zay Jones is basically that wide receiver four who's, okay, look, this week he got me 80 yards, next week he got me 20. So I would just rather play both of them. Yeah, I feel like that they're in that range at this moment, though, unfortunately. Now, maybe. Yeah, but they're both they're both the number twos on clear number twos versus Zay Jones. Eddie might give him week could be like the fourth. Well, that's that's true because there was a guy named Jones who actually had a who caught a pass for Tim Jones this week. Yeah, I was like, who the hell is this guy? I was like, did Zay Jones change yeah. his number like from last week? What's going on here? But yeah, Tim name. Jones. Tim Jones. He's pulling a Deontay Hardy. He's changing his name. So yeah, that that's I would play both of them, and then you know I'm going to argue for Al Pierce. I, I've been doing it for how many weeks now? Al Pierce just put him higher, put him higher, put him higher, put him higher. End of story. How much higher do you want to have him? Like, what what does he? Thirty. Do? I'm playing him over Judy. Judy was the leading wide receiver at fifty. What two yards or something like that? Oh, you got you got to have a bit more faith in Doug Judy than that. He's coming. He's got to come through for you. Nah, they're facing Sauce Garner and the Jets defense, and sound like Tim Anderson over here. Well, Sauce probably takes out Cortland Sutton, I would think. Now they have enough to take care of Judy too. Again, Judy was the leading wide receiver, barely did anything. Hamler was on his heels with two receptions. Russell Wilson in that offense is broken. Nathaniel Hackett is broken. Alec Pierce over Jerry Judy. Done. All right. Where should I drop Judy down to? I, I, bo- I boosted up Gallup and McLaurin to 34 and 35. Alec Pierce, I'm going to keep it 36. I you can move Judy down one spot. Just put Alec Pierce over him. All right, so put him down to 37? I had him at 30. No. I'm not, I'm not no, boosting no, no. up. I'm not, I'm not boosting up fucking Alec Pierce to 30. Come on now. Hey, that, hey that's fine. That's your mistake. He's, I mean, he had nothing until the last play of the game last week. Like, he's essentially Rondell Moore, but, you know, there's no injuries. Good? Yeah, I mean, he's probably red better. Red zone threat? Probably better than, is he a red zone threat? Was he a one touchdown? Hey, look, he's more than most on that team outside of Mo Alley Cox. Or Jelani Woods. He was actually. the leading wide receiver for them two weeks ago. That's great. Should have played him two weeks ago. <laughs> I have been. I've been playing Alec Pierce for the past three weeks. I'll continue to do so. I I, listen, he, I have him as a wide receiver three, a very low end one, but I I just don't see where the upside comes in with him. Like his eight for 80 game is like, if he scores a touchdown, that's his upside. And I don't really know what his okay, down. Well, Judy's well, upside is 50. Okay. Well, I put him, I put Judy behind him. Like I, I'm just not going to put him above like Corey well, Davis. Renfro too. I mean, Renfro has been like, I, I don't know if we're yeah. getting, I don't know if we're getting Waller this week. Okay. 
If Renfro there with no Waller, I'm okay with. If you don't have Waller in your ranks, uh, do I have Waller in my ranks? I don't know. Let's see. No, I got <laughs> I got him in, but I got him low. I think I think we're gonna see more of a shift back towards Hunter Renfro. Good matchup for him as well. Texans can't cover anyone out of the slot. Mm, they can't cover anyone really. Period. And then that you see what Jacksonville did two weeks ago. Yeah, you never know. I mean, Jacksonville <laughs> had like 400 yards of offense. That wasn't the problem. They just couldn't score a touchdown. By the way, uh, Corey Davis, you're going to get the sauce gardener treatment in that one. Or what? no, Sertain on the flip side of it. Sertain do, treatment. Do you think that? Do you think that's where they go? Is the, They're going to put Sertain on Corey Davis, not Garrett Wilson? I mean, it's definitely not going to be Elijah Moore. He's barely on, he's losing snaps every single week. If it was me, I'd try to take out Wilson and just be like, yeah, Corey Davis, you go, you go nuts, man. <laughs> you go nuts with your, your four of nine targets received? I mean... It'd be interesting. I think maybe Gardner's on both of them throughout the game. Certain. Certain. God. Yeah. I'm just so excited about Sauce Gardner, clearly. Yeah, Tim is inside my body right now. I Listen, he's very excited. He, uh, Sauce Gardner, along with Cuss, might even make the thumbnail for the spread show this week. Who knows? What did, I, was, I was watching your recap show that, uh, on Sunday night. What, what did he have the Jets going for the rest of the season? 13 and 4. <laughs> okay. Do you ever want to come on the Sunday night show? Uh, depending on what week it is, I could always come on and have some fun. All right, yeah, okay. Well, we'll set you up for uh, for a week coming up, uh, know, sometime in the next month or so. But yeah. Giants fourteen and three. Giants. <laughs> you, okay, you're a Giants fan. You don't believe in the Giants, do you? No. <laughs> I'm actually annoyed. That's how bad I, I don't believe in him because what I don't believe in is that freaking guy under center. I don't believe in Daniel Jones. I believe that D- Brian Dable. Is doing what Sean McVay did for Jared Goff when he was with the Rams. He is working his magic like nobody's business. They still need a quarterback in the future, and the problem is, is the further they're they're basically done. They're not getting the top. They're not. They're out. They're out from both the best quarterbacks in this draft. So they're not going to be looking at what uh, the the kid from Kentucky whose name just escaped my mind. But like, well, Will Levis. Really? That's what we're going to do? We're going to do another Daniel Jones? So that's why that's why I'm frustrated with the Giants. But no, I don't believe him. They, they should just wait. Uh, they should wait a year at quarterback. Let Daniel Jones play out, play out his contract and take Caleb Williams the next year. That's it. That's the This move. year is he's playing out his contract. This year he's playing out his franchise him for yeah. next year. Have some fun with it. They, they, <laughs> they have to resign Barkley this year too, don't they? Uh, they, right, they would have to if they decide to keep them. But I mean, with this team and you're still trying to recover from, and they do have a lot of cap space built in for next year. Now they tried to clean up the mess left from Gettleman, but I don't think you'd turn right around and sign Saquon Barkley to what, 10, 12, 15 a year just to re, you know, mess up your cap. I'm with you. Maybe they end up franchising them for a year and to figure out what to do. But like, Maybe if, that. if they were actually being proactive with this, trade Saquon right now. Too. They like should have uh, done that last year. I I get that, but if you're not going to re-sign them, and it's kind of like their curse, like you mentioned, that they're five and one. That you know, if they were two and four right now, that maybe they would be considering doing that. But they can't just sort of punt away the year when he's the only guy in your offense who can do anything. But if you want to talk about like Christian McCaffrey getting some buzz right now, like you could probably most definitely get a first round pick for Berkeley as it stands at the moment, knowing that oh yeah you, you th- that you're gonna have to re-sign you get him. More than Christian, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you would get more than oh. than McCaffrey right now is what I'm saying. Yeah, because you're not like that's the thing is they didn't they weren't able to do what they wanted to do with one of their first rounders last year and trade for a first rounder this year to be able to package those and move up. So you only have your one first rounder. So you're not getting Stroud. 
Uh, you're not getting Bryce Young. So you're, like I said, you're Beth with like Anthony Richardson from Florida and Levis and stuff like that. So yes, if you're going to do this, uh, there's already floated rumors about Kadarius Tony. If you get a sixth rounder for Tony at this point, just draft capital. Like you're continuing this roster overhaul, continue with it and get rid of all these pieces. Uh, hell, I don't know anybody who would even trade for him at this point because he also got injured already there, at one very, point this year. But Leonard Williams. A, a very logical move here. You take Kadarius Tony and package him with Saquon Barkley, trade him to the Rams for Cam Akers and a first-round pick. The Rams don't have picks. Oh, yeah. Don't forget. Right. They, they, they pulled the NBA draft. They're like, they're not picking in the first round to like 2037 or something. I thought they got it back as of next year. Do they? I think, I thought I think so. Rams mm. draft picks. Every no. Let's that's, see. That's that's next year's twenty twenty. First round, no pick. Traded for Matthew Stafford. Uh, twenty twenty four. Then are they back? <laughs> uh, yes. Twenty twenty four. They do have a first round pick. Yeah, and don't forget. Then they'll trade it. Everybody's everybody needs to stop trading with the stupid Eagles, who are now another top ten pick thanks to who they the get one from this year. Is, is, it yep. the, is it the Saints they got it from? No, they traded yeah. something to the Saints, didn't they? No, but they got it from the Saints. That was for the Olave pick, wasn't it? I don't remember at this point. It was It was from the Saints, though. Well, let's get it back to, to wide receivers for a second. I want, yeah. I want to talk about the, <laughs> the Arizona guys, because they play on Thursday night. You have Hopkins at 25, Rondell Moore at 31, newly acquired Robbie Anderson. I have it number 44. Uh, I uh, don't even think I ranked AJ Green and Dorch is like last in the rankings. Poor guy. Guy fell off a cliff. Never heard of him ever again. Uh, there's going to be a limited package for Robbie Anderson, it seems, but I do think he can make a pretty good impact in this offense. What do you do with Hopkins, though? I think you start him. You just uh, wait. Look, he's uh, every report was best shape of his life and well, physical Of specimen. course, he's on fucking steroids. He should be in the best shape of his life. <laughs> But he's not on steroids now. We well, don't know that. They're not <laughs> testing him anymore. He already got popped. <laughs> he already got popped. All right, look, the thing is, it's like where where you have him is the perfect spot. Like, are you really benching Hopkins if you weigh this long? Yeah, if you fell into some of the picks in front of him. I'll tell you one. I went, eh, when you put Dobbs at 22. He, he's got two good weeks. Yes, he's still getting targets. Yes, he's still on the field. But Aaron Rodgers and him are not on the same page. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if it's the finger, whatever it is. It's just they're not... They don't work well together. Hey, you know, Watson's coming back. I don't think he's back yet, but I would play Hopkins over Dobbs. Okay. I don't know if I would play Hop- Hopkins over Ayuk, but he'd be right there. I, I don't like Dobbs. Dobbs is, he's a wide receiver three for me at this point. He could still have 80 and a touchdown, but he could also have what he's done for the past two weeks and been benchable. Unfortunately, we're into a week now where I agree with you, but we're missing way too many receivers that he actually gets sure. vaulted up there. Like if you're, I mean, I would probably... I, I can't rank Jacoby Myers any higher because Tyquan Thornton's back now. Apparently he does tons of stuff because uh, Aguilar is injured and Bourne is injured at the moment too. But like, I don't know. What's really been the difference between Drake London and Romeo Dubs? Nothing. Nothing. But that's what the whole conversation was centered around DeAndre Hopkins. Sure. So would you, would so, so I'll go DeAndre Hopkins higher than like, I think 21 maybe London. is a good spot right above London. Yep. Okay. Yep. I can do that. Done. When are the <laughs> when are the Ravens going to trade for a receiver? But why? Bateman's fine. Duvernay's fine. Well, like Bateman's it's not going to make it. Bateman's hurt. Duvernay is not fine. He's not good. Du- Duvernay should have had a touchdown. Should have. He should have had like four. Fun. 
But like Lamar couldn't throw anything besides like balls into the stands and bounce passes. But I just don't find that like Duvernay is a gadget player. Like he is Isaiah McKenzie sure. on the Ravens. Sure. Like you can't be relying on him to actually do things. No, but they're, I mean, if they're getting Bateman back, unless this is the whole situation with Marquise Brown, unless you think Bateman's injury is going to linger longer and he's potentially multiple weeks past this point. I mean, there's a whole argument about trading for DJ Moore. And why? This isn't a team that needs, they just need somebody reliable. And Bateman was fine in that role. Yeah, they need, it's to, just, they need to find their new school Anquan Bolden, someone who's just like pure possession receiver. Like, hey, can you run this like nine yard slant and make sure you catch it? Yeah, okay, you're in. Michael Thomas. Yeah, actually, that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> Just if, if we didn't trip over another hurdle. Yeah, I mean, it's tough for him. He's very brittle these days. Uh, he's broken. I don't, I'm trying to think of anybody else that might fit them. See, if you were better at graphics, you could make like the broken Michael Thomas like vignettes and just release those. I suck at graphics. I know. That's what I'm saying. So do I. So <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so terrible. I've tried to do stick figures on MS Paint. That's how bad I am. Let's talk tight ends very briefly. You basically know who you're starting at tight end. We can talk about some of the replacements. Kelsey, Andrews, Ertz, Hawkinson, Njoku, top five. Kittle, me Timbers, number six. Waller, I do have at seven, along with Pitts, Taysom Hill. And I have Kate Otten. At number 10, I, I don't think we're going to see Braid again for a while here. Mm, yeah, if, if Braid is out, Otten is a strong play. I, he has to be out. He was carted off the field, <laughs> and they didn't know if he could move his legs. He can, fortunately, but uh, you, you don't stop a game for 45 minutes, and that guy's back next week. I don't know. It's like they said all the tests were negative. I'm like, I don't know what tests they're taking. <laughs> You might want to try a different test. How about that? <laughs> this is like the Tua test. Like, <laughs> maybe that's what's going on. Well, I mean, the, the second time around, at least they did take him out of that game. Uh, not the Bills game, the other one. Uh, the, the Bengals game on Thursday night when Tua had, like, the strong hand that he was lifting up. It's like, all right, there's the test right there. If you look like you could be in Scary <laughs> Movie 2, you can't play anymore, Tua. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's really messed up. <laughs> I have Hayden Hurst. I'm laughing, and that's messed up. <laughs> oh, no. It's exactly what happened. Hayden Hurst at number 11. Fryermuth, who I assume is back at number 12. Schultz, who I assume is back at number 13. I have Tunyon at 14. Like, you missed out on the best game he's going to have all year. So do with that what you will. Uh, Hunter Henry. What happened with Schultz, by the way, to jump in there? Like, the, he, it wasn't an injury. I think his knee started bothering, like J.K. Dobbins style. And they were like, you know what? We're not even going to make you active. You can actually sit this one out. They said it wasn't injury related, though. So I don't know. What was he like doing lines of blow in the locker room before the game? It's like, oh, I, know, I am excited. D- that Dal- Dal- is back, Dalton's though. a bit too uh, fired up over here. Uh, we can't get him <laughs> in the game. <laughs> he was hanging out with the 90s Cowboys. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah, Mike- Michael Irvin stopped by for, for a quick chat before the game. <laughs> Uh, so uh, in terms of guys that you can pick up, what did you make of that guy who scored the touchdown for Denver? Dulcic. Yeah, Dulcic. I'm super high on him. I had him as a significant passing game threat. Uh, he is actually the third most routes, the third highest route percentage for the Broncos in that game, and then tied with, I think, uh, Sutton and team target percentage for that game. I would have Dulcic. I would play him over Logan Thomas. Who, who Does he ever make it through a game? No. Okay. So, yeah, I'll boost him from 27 to 20. You should probably still I think he deserves to be in the conversation with, like, Bellinger. Like, right where you have Bellinger at 18, like, right in that same group. Yeah. So, Ingram, Bellinger, Gusecki. I, Ingram's actually pretty safe every week if you want, like, no points. 
So that's fun. You, you need six That's points. not even a victory lap I want to take. You, you, need, it's Ingram. <laughs> you need six points. You you put in Evan Ingram. I do like Jawan Johnson this week, though. Thursday night, if yeah. you're in a spot. Uh, Adam Troutman, like, I don't know what the hell happened to him. I was watching the game. He came in motion from the left side to the right side. And right before he made it to the quarterback, like, collapsed on the field. Uh, so it was a non-contact, like, leg injury. I don't know the severity of it. Uh, but he's going to be out at least on Thursday night. And Jawan Johnson is still running a ton of routes. And now he's probably going to see the field even more uh, without Troutman around. So, I mean, I don't love him. I have him at number 16, but I do think that if you missed out on Kate Otten, he's someone that you could go pick up in a pinch if you need it. Yeah, I think if you're really desperate at wide receiver too, Mark West Callaway, if there's no Jarvis Landry, he was out there more than anybody for the Saints last week. But they used Traquan more, which was weird. Like, it, obviously, Callaway was on the field more, but in terms of like Andy Dalton throwing two people, he actually threw to Traquan. No, Callaway had seven targets. Yeah, but they weren't very careful. Traquan just caught all three of his. Yeah, because they got he was wide open every time that they threw to him. Callaway, they were just like the Callaway targets that he got last week are going to be Olave targets this week. No, well, Jameis is back at quarterback. I'm gonna go I'm going Callaway Whoa, over Traquan Smith. On. In a su- hold on, Jameis isn't back at quarterback. I thought they said he's back because Andy Dalton hurt his back. I thought that Andy Dalton was playing because they didn't want to rush Jameis back, although he was okay to play. Oh, my God, with these freaking blowers outside. Holy hell. Uh, I don't know. Well, if it's Jameis, either way, Jameis or Andy Dalton, I'll take the Callaway versus Traquan Smith in the most exciting bet we've ever had in our lives. <laughs> I already, listen, I, I need one of, I'm not playing either of them if Olave is in. As long as Olave is in, I don't want anything to do with those guys. Uh, okay, I'm with you on that for sure. All right, let's talk quarterbacks. Tough week. Here at quarterback, again, missing very much of the top end guys, even like the Kirk, the Kirk Cousins of the world, who you could like kind of always stream for 16 fantasy points. I got Lamar at one, Herbert, Brady, Mahomes, Burrow, top five. I got Dak at number six. Like, you're either going to play Dak or you're not. I would play him this week in a really nice matchup against the Lions, so I have him at number six. He might even play. Geno at seven, Kyler at eight, Dalton at nine. Like, if he's playing, I guess. I love this matchup for him on Thursday night. Jared Goff at number 10. Carr, Mariota, Brissett, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Tannehill, Daniel Jones, Lawrence, Garoppolo, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's secret sucks, by the way. Not even it's, it's <laughs> not a, a it's, secret. It's not a secret to me, but like for as well as they're doing, he is not playing well. No. As soon as they took it, everybody's like, oh, Zach. I was like, okay, they got Daniel Jones. Congratulations. Like, that's who he is. He's another Daniel Jones. How do you have your boy at 24 when he just finished ninth for the week? Who, Zappy? Yeah. You really think that you want to play Bailey Zappy? Who may not play. Like, that's a part of this, too. Mac Jones might be back. So Okay, that's fair if you're going to wait. And he's, I'm telling and he's you, I would Monday play night. Zappy over Zach Wilson. Okay. I mean, we'll we'll have more idea of that on Friday. I mean, it won't actually even be probably the first indication we're going to get I, is on Saturday because that's a Monday night game. Like, that's just a tough spot. Like, if you wait for Zappy, sure. who's barely any good no. anyway, then he might not even play. You're like, Ugh, this isn't good. I would play, I tell you what, I play Heineke over Zach Wilson. And I got to tell you, I play Jimmy Garoppolo over Ryan Tannehill. Really? Yeah. Against Kansas City and that defense and Tannehill. I mean, look, what is Tannehill going to do at best? You're hoping he runs one in because he's only throwing 220 and maybe a touchdown. I guess so. But, like, what's Garoppolo doing? Garoppolo could have one of his 280 and three touchdown games against Kansas City. Of course, it could go completely bonkers sideways. But, 
That's why you're playing Jimmy Garoppolo because it, this is, it, it, you know what this is? The Evan, Arg- Evan Ingram argument versus some of those flyer tight ends. Do you want to just guarantee yourself some points? Play Ryan Tannehill. If you need, if you evaluate your roster and say, dude, I got a need upside, it's Heineke, it's Garoppolo. Tannehill is your floor guy. Okay, I'll boost Jimmy G to one spot ahead of Ryan Tannehill to put him at number 16. No, no worries on that front. Let's go to... <laughs> no worries at all. <laughs> no, no worries. Just num- the number... Don't. Hopefully you don't have to play the number 16 ranked quarterback in week seven with four really good guys on by. Hopefully it does not come to that. Like, I'd rather pick up Dalton if Dalton is playing and Goff is most definitely still available in a ton of spots coming off of bye week. Now, I know and people will perceive it as a bad matchup because it is, but you know, it's inside and they love throwing and everyone's back healthy. Even their offensive line. Goff threw four touchdowns without Amara St. Brown and DJ Chark a few weeks ago. I remember. Played them. It was great. Defenses. But playing them the week after that was not. <laughs> yeah, don't play them outdoors. It's pretty simple. Good point. Uh, defenses. It was a tough week for D's. I get New England yeah. at number one. New Orleans number two on Thursday night. Tampa, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Denver. And then the Jets. Or sorry, the Cowboys, then the Jets. Raiders, Dolphins, Titans are the top 10, then Jacksonville, the Giants, Cincinnati, Atlanta. Gets very thin very quickly here. Yeah, it's it's a tough week, especially if you're streaming too. Jacksonville just looked like trash last week all of a sudden when they had been playing great defense. I loved uh, I loved Jacksonville last week, and if you had told me yep. that you would get almost 60 pass attempts from Matt Ryan, I would have locked them into 35 fantasy points, not minus one. I, <laughs> I, I, would, have, I would have had them as top five defense. I had them as a top... 10 or 12 defense as it was. I think, like that I, just, I, think I had them at number two. <laughs> that's just, I mean, that's how these things happen sometimes. Like Cincinnati, you know, okay, this is a situation where they could potentially get some turnovers too as a potential streamer. Uh, you know, everybody's like, well, look at San Francisco. Well, San Francisco had half their defense hurt last week. Yeah. But not that you're playing them this week, but these kind of things happen. It, it's it, defense. It, it, it is, but I could see the San Francisco thing coming last week only because it's the same as why I don't love Cincinnati here. And listen, guys can fumble or you can get to a bad spot and the game doesn't go how you think. But Atlanta's going to try to run the ball as often as they can. Right. Yeah, and that's that's not great. But, I mean, you're, they're 13, as you mentioned. They're a streamer if you're desperate. Yeah, I think there are better streamers that you can go to, though, that even have on the list, like the Jets. You have, like at six, Dallas. You're sure Dallas could give up 35 points in this game, but Jared Goff can also throw three picks and one of them get returned for a touchdown. Yeah, I would guess that is Green Bay still owned in terms of defense? Mm, I don't know. I could check for you real quick. I, 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 when I went and looked at it, I saw that the Broncos were relatively unknown because they had had like the Kansas City matchup, the Raiders matchup, and the Chargers matchup. But now you can get them against the Jets. It's pretty good. Mm, you can. Let's see. We're at Green Bay. It, oh, yeah. Green Bay's at 90%. Yeah. I, I know it was one of them that was like relatively unowned. You can stream the Raiders mm, this week, too. Miami's only 18%. Okay. I would say the Raiders are probably well below that. Four. Yeah, and they're playing Houston, so. All right. Your rankings come out tonight? They do, at midnight on the East Coast. Then you should go to theathletic.com. Eastern time. You're not on the East Coast. I'm on the East Coast, pal. That's why I'm an hour ahead of you. (laughs) That's East. (laughs) No, there's actually, you're, you're, aren't like, there's a different time zone for you it's not even called east it's called like isn't it like maritime or something i don't it's, even know it's called atlantic because we're more east than what you would consider east oh Coast. yeah the atlantic because you're basically in the ocean where you are exactly 
Okay. You get to be so there you go. Hour in the future. So one o'clock. A one. Do I need to start posting at Greenwich Mean Time? Is that what you're telling me? That's what I'm telling you. Get get the old minus four on your uh, on your card, and you'll be getting. Or maybe it's minus five from Eastern Time Zone. So now I can't. It's minus remember. five for us. Is it minus? Or five? Is it six? Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> when I went to England uh, earlier this year, I was just like, yeah, this is like basically the same time. This isn't This is no different than me going to L.A. and like going backwards in time. Now I'm just forwards in time a little bit. But it's not that. It's not really throwing me off all that much. It's not so bad. Uh, you can find all my rankings down in the description right now. The listeners' league is down there as well, as is the link for the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings League for Week Seven. Highly recommend that you go play. It's best tournament on DraftKings. There's no rake. You might as well play in it, all right? I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! Experience!